to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right time to learn how to write your book. Hi, I'm Joyce Glass. And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbano, and welcome to The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from The Right Coach Team. We are so glad you joined us today. Hi, and welcome to episode 1305 of The Right Hour. We have another great Wisdom Wednesday for you. Pete interviews Michelle Tanmizi from Singapore. And while I was out of town for Thanksgiving, so you're not going to hear me on this episode, but you're going to love what she has to talk about. She's a fiction writer sharing some great tips on the importance of editing your work. And if you've heard me say anything about editing is yes, you need to edit your own work and you need to learn how, but you also need to hire a professional editor. And Michelle echoes the same sentiment. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Check the show notes and you can learn more about Michelle and her recent book called Late Dawn. Hey guys, Keith Keller, Melbourne, Australia. And this is another fantastic episode of Wisdom Wednesdays. It's Wisdom Wednesdays in everywhere else except where we are. You know, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, and it's 11 a.m. My friend Michelle Tanmizi is calling in from Singapore, where it's 8 a.m. on a Thursday. We're both in the future here. But this show is mainly based on our U.S. audience, which uh, is based mainly around the eastern states, where it is 7 p.m. Eastern. And Michelle, calling in from Singapore, has two books, one of which is an Amazon bestseller. And she's never been on StreamYard before, and she was really (laughs) taken aback by how much better it is than the Zoom experience, weren't you? Yes, Yes, this is so different. It's actually, um, I feel like I'm on CNN. (laughs) Yeah, and it really does create a lovely environment. And as you know, in the group, especially for people following in the Facebook group, that my job in the group is to teach you some of the marketing hacks that I'm experimenting with. And Zoom is fine, and everyone's heard of Zoom, but we're all getting Zoom fatigue. Yeah, and let me just explain what's happening here. Michelle is a science fiction writer of loosely dystopian fiction, a, a, mm. a, a book based in the future where maybe humans haven't been so clever and we've sort of, <laughs> you know, we've dirtied our backyard and we're, we're not living in, a, in our perfect environment. And that's not an unrealistic scenario, which is why these books are so powerful, because they sort of, in a way, foretell what could happen if we don't be a little bit more clever. So mm. can you first tell us a little bit about your writing journey and what books you write and then okay. talk about context of today's show which is how to edit as a Mm. as a new writer okay um so i began writing many many years ago when i was a child actually but uh, the very first book that i collaborated um was actually this one it's called uh, i don't know if there you go the lighting is better now adventures in manifesting it's uh it's conscious business yeah so when i did that i realized that um i really enjoyed being part of a book family um, and so years after I started, I began writing um, my own novel, which is the dystopian um, speculative fiction, science, a science fiction novel. And that one took, uh, that was a, an interesting journey. I started writing in 2015. I didn't think about it. I put it aside. It, it got locked in a cupboard for a while. <laughs> and then about 2017, 
I decided, oh, it's not a, such a bad idea to do it. And then 2018 was when yeah. I really took it up again and it became a novel and it was published in 2019. So um, I think I might have the same journey as a lot of writers where there's a lot of doubt in the beginning, yeah. where you yeah. think about writing, but you're not sure and you don't think you're good enough. And, um, um, and you know, eventually what happens is that it gets locked up in a cupboard somewhere. Um, yeah, and you never I, get round to it. You never do no, it. No, no, yeah, because you know you lose the courage. You think that oh my goodness, there are so many other better books out there. Who am I to think that I can be a writer? But all I can say is that if you take the courage to take that thing out of your cupboard and really finish it, it's very rewarding. It's really very. quite. Oh, that's it's, very it inspiring. Is. It's nice to hold your own book in your hands. Yeah, and you've got two of them. Yeah, gosh, yeah. yeah. Well, I this is a collaboration, so but I would say this one, yes. Yeah, and it's an Amazon bestseller. That's, it is. That's the yes, cooler it thing. Is. Yeah. So look, this is what this show's about. It's about people that are doing the work. They're, they're getting the results. You've got a physical book you can hold in your hand. Now that's a that's a goal of yours, I'm guessing, from a long time ago, and you've done it. Yes, yes, from when a little tiny bit. <laughs> Really, what today's show is about, especially for new-time authors, is, well, how do you get started? What, why is it important to do the editing yourself initially? Mm. And, and how did you do it and how, how do you recommend people get started? Okay. Well, first of all, I can tell you as, a, as an author myself, one of the most important things about writing a book is to make sure that when people are reading the book, they don't go, Oh, good heavens, you know, that's a mistake here. Oh, good heavens, there's a comma here. Oh, good heavens, there is a... Because, you know, what happens is that it distracts from the, the general uh, story. Yeah. And so yeah. editing, that's what's, what, what makes editing so important. You need to get your book kind of read-worthy. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm just, I've just made that one up. Yeah. <laughs> so it has to be perfectly read-worthy so that people can kind of flow into the book and forget the world they're living in and yeah. immerse themselves into your world. And in order to do that, you must make sure the book is, is perfectly edited because and edit, editing is not just about grammar. It's not just about sentences. It's not just about, about style. It's also about plot. It's all, yeah. also about plugging all the holes in the plot <laughs> that you have. And that could happen. You know, you might mention, uh, for instance, uh, uh, you might use the name David for a guy in the beginning of the book and suddenly you forgot and you call him Michael at the end. People are yeah. going to go, who the heck is Michael? You know, where did he come from? You know, I thought he was David. But then you've forgotten yeah. because you've, you've written the book and, it, you know, it's hundreds of pages later and you've, you've basically, you know. And have you found your yourself in the self-editing phase? Let's mm. take that in stage. Okay. Have you found yourself when you look at it, because it is a different phase, a different mindset, when you find yourself editing, are you, are you seeing glaringly obvious things you didn't see initially? Yes. See, I see editing is writing a book is a little bit like um, making bread. For those who are bakers among you, I, I love baking. So, But it's like bread, right? So when you, when you have all the ingredients, you put it all together. So that's your book. You're putting it all together and then you're kneading it. You're putting the right amounts. You make sure everything is good and you're kneading it, kneading it, kneading it. So that's kind of the process of writing. And then the process of editing doesn't start until you rest the bread. So you put it aside ah. for it to grow, for it to kind wow. of like... It grows, right? It grows with all the ingredients you put in. And then you go back again, and then you need it a second time. So that's the second time that is Editing is like needing, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. Because the first part is creating, 
And then once it's done, you need to let it kind of sit so it grows a little bit. And then when you come back again, you need it the second time. And this is when you mm -hmm. edit. Because what happens is that when you edit straight away as you're as you finish the book, you're, you're not going to see the mistakes because you've you've written it. You've just written it. You're going to skip yeah, over it's fresh a in lot your of mind. yeah. It's fresh in your mind. You've you've probably read it, you know, so many times that you skip over all the mistakes. But when you let it rest, and you come back again, you are literally reading it as a reader, no longer as a writer, and that's when the glaring mistakes are going to pop out yeah. and tell you, oh, this is wrong, that's wrong, you forgot a word here, you forgot a comma there, uh, you're, you know, you've, you've used different names in two contexts, in the same yeah. context, and, and that's when things are going to come up. So that's when the real editing works. And you know the thing that I'm really yeah. interested in, and I, I want to throw to the group here, a group on Facebook, a group on Twitter, a group on LinkedIn, a group on YouTube, what, and please make any comments you want to make so that we can feed these in for Michelle. Yes. But I, I think the really interesting challenge that we have, because most people would agree that you need to edit, I think the biggest challenge is when do you give that over? Mm. When do you bring in someone else and say, you know what, I think I've done as much as I can. At what stage do you get and how do you choose a professional editor? You've got some criteria for that, haven't you? Yeah, I do. Um, well, first of all, when I'm writing, I'm actually editing at the same time. So when you write a book, or when I write a book, let's put it in my context because I, everybody does it differently. But when I write a book, I tend to write sometimes the chapters a few times because I would write, 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 and then you know, let's say I sleep on it the next day, I wake up and I would read again and go, oh no, 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 that's not very good. So actually, I'm I'm in the process of editing my own chapters, and that would take a long time before when let's say the book is now completed and I've already finished editing I, I've finished um, mm. pro progressive editing I would let it sit and then I would come back again and read the whole book as it is and then that's when I do my second editing ah. and maybe even my third editing and when I have done I'm done with that let's say that I'm um, oh I have a question there and let's yeah. say that I'm done with that and everything is it's it's as much as I can do I, I can't see anything wrong anymore that's when I go to a professional editor. Let me, let me pick I up go, what you've just said there. This is brilliant. Yeah, you, yeah. You've moved, you, I've never heard this phrase before, but I get what you're saying straight away. You're talking about two concepts there. You're talking mm. about progressive editing, editing mm. as you go, yeah. just for a general flow and general vibe, and then you have, you rest the book like, mm. in the, like bread. You rest the book and you come back to it fresh, like in the kneading process. I know this because my wife loves make, making bread. I know exactly how this feels. <laughs> And so you, you rest it and it grows and it sort of sits and it proves yep. and then you, you have to come back to it and that's when you read it through fully. Yes. Yeah. And then you might do that once or twice, but then you, you've obviously you've done as much as you can yourself. Yep. Yeah. And then it's time to put it out to yes. the world and say, okay, well, can, can I get someone else's opinion? And you might even have several editors, I'm guessing. Um, uh, well, I'd love to get several editors, but you know the reality is that editors, professional ones, <laughs> they're not cheap. So yeah. uh, they're not cheap. So normally, I get, um, I choose my ed the professional editor very carefully, and once I, I'm, I've agreed on one, that I just, you know, hand over the manuscript, hand over my baby or my bread, whatever, yeah. and <laughs> and let them 
take a look because it's always good to have a second pair of eyes or a third or a fourth. You can actually yeah. even give a manuscript to, let's say, for you, you could give it to your wife for her to read yeah. so that it, she becomes a beta reader. That beta could also reader. help. I want to pick up on this idea of a beta reader. Yeah, I just that could also Linda's help. Linda's question here. Yeah. Um, the question is, what's the difference between book editing and blog editing? Do you have a blog, Linda? Do you blog? I, I don't know. I have a blog, so I don't know what's her answer to that. Let me maybe start the process. So when you talked about blog or progressive editing, progressive editing is an idea that you've edited a chapter at a time, but the book itself is much bigger. Mm. So you've got progressive editing and then you've got a bigger book, which is sort of a general story. Whereas a blog, a little bit like a chapter, I would imagine a a blog is is a general progressive edit. Yes, you know, I have okay, a I've got this story and I've yep. told it today mm. and I'll edit it today and maybe I'll have a look at it tomorrow and then maybe I'll, I'll let it sit. But I won't mm. come back to it necessarily again. I, I'm interested, Linda, if that's a good answer to that yeah. because with a, with a blog post, a blog post is like a chapter, mm. but you, the, the whole blog is, as a sort of a, a sort of event as like the whole book, if you like, and you might yeah. people might go down and read progressive chapters of the blog. Mm. Is, does that answer your question, Linda? Do you think that makes a choice? Would you would would that be a reasonable answer it's, to what you're thinking? If if I if I may say about blogs, like I have a blog, right? Um, oh, are you reading her answer now? Um, no, 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 she hasn't come okay. back with it. Okay, yet. so I have I have a blog, and and I think the difference between books and blogs is that a blog is very personal. You know, you're writing to ah, a, to a very yes. specific audience that is only reading your thoughts. So I I don't I don't edit as much in in blogs. I do read over what I write, and then basically after a while, I post it out because it is my opinion. It's my it's kind of what wow. I'm wow. what I think, and so it's not not that it's not important to edit. Of course, it's important to edit. You have to reread and make sure that what you're trying to say out there is. It's um it's what you would like to convey as a message, right? But I don't I don't send the the blog to a yes. professional, for instance. I just okay. do that it on in my itself own. is interesting. That you don't yeah. send your mm-hmm. blog posts to a second pair of eyes. Because it's a very personal yourself. thing. Yeah, it's a personal yeah. thing. I I blog about about empathy, about kindness. Um, I don't check with anybody about that because it's my yeah, okay. opinion. It's yeah. my world. It's how I see things. It's very interesting in the context of dystopian fiction because the book itself is showing a possible future that maybe you wouldn't want to happen, and it's no, almost I like a like red light. It's almost yes. like a warning signal. Hey, hey, I think this we, we're going down this path. This is not mm. unreasonable. Yeah. In a hundred years, we could be doing this. Can we can we agree that that's not what we want? Well, and look then at your this blog pandemic. Posts. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at this pandemic, though. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> who no would have thought that we would have a pandemic in the 21st century? I mean, who yeah. would have thought? Uh, I'm sure that um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of books about pandemics coming up soon. But <laughs> but who would have thought that this would be the reality? Right. Yeah. I mean, we had yeah. the the Spanish flu years and years and years ago, but we never thought it would be at the same situation again in the 21st century, where we had vaccines, where the you know where it's much cleaner, we have flush toilets. Who would have thought? Yeah. And the thing that's very interesting about your dichotomy there, and I'll use that word, is that your books that you write are fiction books. 
Yes. And your blogs that you write are personal pieces. Very. I would imagine that that's quite a common scenario, but also equally common, maybe the case with Linda, is that she writes about um, material that's close to her heart and Mm. she blogs about it. So those two Mm. things might actually be quite similar. A lot Mm. of the people in the group write nonfiction comments about their coaching. For instance, my friend Jane Jackson is a career coach. And so she wrote a book about how to find a job when you get retrenched or if you hate it or how to stay buoyant in your 40s when people around you are sort of jostling around and 40s and 50s and things like this. So her book was very much an extension of her work. Mm. It wasn't a fiction piece which you would read for leisure or Mm. for commentary. So I hope that answers Linda's question. And please feel free to comment more, Linda, there. What I really want to pick up on is the idea of beta readers or beta yes. readers. I beta think readers. this is an extremely interesting idea that if you've got a book which you've then edited in a mm. progressive way and then in a much longer way, you've then sent it to a person who then yes. put their touch on it at, yep. you know, at, a, at a cost because they've got to make a living, and then you put the book out. But you don't send it out to the the whole no. world you just send no. it out to a group how do you yeah. do the beta, beta readers bit how, okay. how does that sort of suit you so beta readers need to be i i think this is my personal opinion you can't just send it to anybody i think you need to to choose yeah. your beta reader as carefully yeah. as you do choose your editor you don't want to choose somebody who's always going to agree with you for instance <laughs> because oh, wow. they would they would just go and go oh my goodness it's a great book it's a great book you know and then they won't tell you the what's wrong with it because they just want to encourage you all the time. You want to send to somebody who will have the courage to tell you this sucks, <laughs> for yeah. instance. And it doesn't matter, right? Or, or at least in a nicer way, like, oh, you know, I think uh, I, I didn't quite connect with the protagonist or I didn't quite connect with the yeah. story. Be, be, be kindly honest about it. Because then yeah. you can really go, you still have time to go back and change things before it goes into publication, right? Or yeah. maybe maybe then you can understand why um, it might not work as, as a story. So it is important to, to send it to a beta reader who is going to give you an honest uh, opinion. Um, and I how do you find them? How do you find your beta readers? Um, I find them through friends, actually, because, uh, for instance, if I know that I have a friend who is, uh, is an avid reader, who loves to read, and, um, and he is the kind of person who will give me an honest opinion as, as, instead of a, a muted one, then that would be the person I would choose. Okay, okay. Um, I, would not, I would not give it, for, for instance, to my family. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because for the, for the soul, for the only, only because one, my, none of my family members read. You don't want to send it to a non-reader because they would go, oh, gosh, I have to read a book. Oh, gosh, I have to, you know, they would feel obliged. And obliged, you don't want to send yes, it. Yes, yeah, yes, obliged. You don't, you don't yeah. want to send it to somebody who feels like they have to do it because it's in support of you. Um, send it to somebody who loves reading, who loves discovering new, um, new fiction, who wants, to, to, wants to, to be the first person to read your book. Um, yeah, that could be yeah. an incentive. Uh, so I actually sent it to a friend of mine and... Um, he is an avid reader. He reads everything from nonfiction to fiction. He reads, um, and we constantly, we're always sharing um, ideas, uh, no, not ideas, but we share uh, authors. He's like, oh, have you read this book? And, and so I know yeah, he's the perfect yeah. person. So I sent it to him, and um, 
it was nice because he was very honest. He goes like, and he literally picked up some stuff. Goes, Michelle, there's, you seem to have missed something there. And I went, really? So there already is an editing thing yeah, that I didn't, yeah. I completely skipped over because I was so much into the thing. I didn't see it, but he picked it up, which is fantastic. So I was like, oh, okay, first. And then as he read through the story, he said, this is actually really good. I, after a while, I completely got lost and I wasn't even looking at anything anymore. The story was interesting. And, and he's giving comments like, oh, you know, I really didn't like this character. And I like the fact that he didn't like the character because oh, if he okay. has, yeah, because if he has a, 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 like a, a bad feeling about the character, that means that the character was real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't want to have a plastic character. You want a character that invokes a certain kind of emotion in a person. And he said, oh, this character is so annoying. I said, I like that. I, I wanted to make her annoying. So it worked. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So in a way, you, you got the reaction you wanted. Yeah, and that in itself is another sort of editing because now you're, you're using another pair of eyes to see your work. Yeah. Um, instead of, you know, before you, it goes into or even while an, a professional editor is looking at it. Because a beta, a beta reader might be your audience. So you want to make sure yeah, that you're you're hitting the right the right points. Okay, I just want to pick up on a comment from Linda. I think what she's saying mm -hmm. here is that wouldn't it be nice that we could have imagined a bigger and brighter future without having to go through what we're thinking here? Let me read this out. If anyone would have thought that this might have hit home without an impact, is likely rethinking their future. So the idea there is that I'm guessing I might need clarification on that, but you know dystopian fiction is really powerful because especially if it's futuristic in the sense that it talks about a possible future which we don't want mm. yes yeah. and so um th there is a big phrase at the moment the great reset mm. which is this yes. idea that maybe we've gone too far guys maybe yeah. maybe we've been a bit too gluttonous and selfish and maybe we need to calm down and if we <laughs> yes. don't if we don't we're just going to have nothing to go with. You know, there's already 8 billion people on the planet. How many more can we add? Yeah. And dystopian fiction is very common at the moment because people are imagining, well, what's, going to, what's 2050 going to be like? When's your book actually set? Oh, okay. This, this one I have a few comments. <laughs> people go, what? My book is set in the year 4848. Ah, 4848. Okay. I, I do it on purpose because, well, it's originally um, – I, I lived in Hong Kong for 20 years, yeah, right? Yeah. So the the number four is synonymous. Sound It sounds like ah. death, right? The number eight sounds like luck. So 48, 48, I chose it on purpose because it's almost as if um, with death, there is also some, That's I, I, I kind of fuse death with luck together. Okay. <laughs> so well, it's, doesn't it's, the word crisis also mean opportunity? Isn't there something in the Chinese symbolism that says that crisis is the same superimposition for opportunity? Yes. It's kind of that. That's the idea. Death and luck. So death and opportunity. So and so even so people keep saying, why do you set it so far ahead in the future? And that's because it's the numbers. It's the numbers, but also because I wanted to, to imagine a, an earth that has changed. And in that ah. year, in the book that I, in this, in late dawn, the earth has literally morphed itself. You know, the, the, the continents, some continents have shifted, the waters have risen. So I needed enough time to, to oh, go, wow. to, to pass so that it becomes, it might be a reality. So there was a physicality, was, there was a physicality to it. 
Yeah, because if I were to set it in like 25, 80, I know it's not going to happen yet. But 48, 48, you don't know. Because I set it so far ahead because I wanted to create an earth where um, we had time for, 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 for all the stuff that we've done to this earth to take effect. So, you know, yeah. uh, more volcanoes, huge, uh, bigger hurricanes, the waters have risen, some islands have disappeared, um, and suddenly the, the earth is starting to crack and to move. So it's almost as if, yeah. like, we're going through another phase of, of um, the, when the dinosaurs were here, but now it's a new one. Wow. So I did it on purpose for wow. that, for that and, reason. And the other book has got a different vibe, I'm guessing. The other book is not set so far in advance, but um, it is about a different, it is about a different um, topic. It's about a genetic engineering. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's, well, that's very relevant, isn't it? It is. And, and that, I wrote the. Um, it is still in the process of being uh, of. Um, well, no, actually, it's already finished editing. I'm just waiting for a publisher to pick it up. Um, I wrote that book because I've seen what people are starting to do now. You know, people are starting. For instance, that 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 the scientists in a, in in China who you know genetically modified the twins. Um, he he did it maybe for the for the right reasons, but he didn't quite understand yet what the consequences might be. And so mm. that book is about, actually, it's about, I, I, I kind of created a, a future China. Yeah. <laughs> when that is going on, that is well, happening. For those who haven't ongoing. heard that story, can you pick up on what you're talking about there? A, a pair of twins have been genetically modified by yes, a Chinese yeah. scientist. Yeah, because he wanted to take away the HIV um, component, he, HIV a gene or something, that gene wow. that causes HIV. And I think he's in jail right now, you know, because... Uh, in the beginning, he, people were going, whoa, you know, it's amazing and amazing. And I think in the end, because there was so, so much outcry about how could you have done this without really researching yeah. the, the, the possible effects of taking something out, you know, what would happen to the rest. Um, and now I think he's in, he's in jail. Yeah. And what did actually happen? What, was the what were the consequences we of don't his know initial because, actions? Well, the kids, um, the, the children were born, I mean, but we don't know what's going <laughs> to We still don't know. We need to see what happens to them when they grow up. Because yeah, okay. that's the thing with genetic um, engineering, right? We don't know the consequences until the body actually grows. And I don't know if they're going to come up with anything, you know, will they get anything in their bodies from, from what has happened before, from what was taken out? Mm. We don't know. Well, given that you've written that with someone else, was the editing, giving back, coming back to the idea that we're talking about today, was the editing part process different? Did you did you edit each other's chapters, or did you? No, was it I anyway did the same different? thing. No, I okay. did exactly the same thing. I did progressive editing for a while, and then I let it sit, and I came back and I edited it again, and then after that, I decided that okay, that's it. That's all I can do. I sent it off to a, a professional editor. Um, and it came back with, of course, more modifications. And, I, and, and it's always wonderful to have a professional editor because they see it from another point of view. They see it from how it, may, how it could sell, how it's, uh, it's, it's you know, they, they look at it from different, different angles. Then when it came back to me, I, 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 kind, I accepted some of the edits. I didn't accept some of the edits. And that's yep, as well something extremely important. When you send your book to a professional editor, it doesn't mean... First of all, you have to have a strong heart <laughs> because what comes back might be um, very difficult to hear or what comes back might be wonderful to hear. But at the same time, you are giving someone permission to give you 
opinion. So you mm. must be open to that opinion and don't take anything personally because it's own it's it's a professional opinion. Yeah. And so what I do is I take some in and I don't take some in. It doesn't matter because ultimately it's your decision and it's your book. And once that's done, um, I actually then got a beta reader and you know got yeah. him to give me an opinion. Um, but editing is is it's an extremely important step. And I think that that writers who who do not go through the editing process um, will find that that maybe years down the line when they have become more um, more uh, experienced as a writer, they're going mm. to read the earlier work and go, oh, did I write, write that? Yeah. yeah, they'll cringe because they didn't realize that it hasn't. Not editing a book is almost as if you, you are just stepping out. Um, everybody edits, even, even fashion designers. You know, they would, they would first have people look at it before, before anything goes out. You need yeah. to review it. It's, 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 you know, the thing that's fascinating about this, and I, I specifically want to talk about uh, professional editors here in the context of self-publishing. One, one of the criticisms that is often levelled at self-publishing mm. is that there is too much unstructured, unedited work mm. that's yeah. without consideration. And, of course, yes. And self-publish and when you can do what you want whenever you want with whoever you want you can be forgiven for doing things a little bit too early but my my gut feeling and I, I would absolutely wholeheartedly suggest this is that you know the editing process is is something that you have to factor into your budget yes if you're going to put in the book if you're going to put yes. out a you have to factor in that someone else has got to read it before yep. you put it out if you're yeah. going down the self-publishing route, if you're going down the publishing route, well, you just won't get a publishing deal if the book is rubbish. I mean, you just yeah. won't. So yeah. you want to save yourself that embarrassment. Mm. I would imagine, I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine maybe it's a three strikes and you're out system with publishing. If you get a book from someone and it's awful, you might get one chance. If the second book's well, also awful, they just won't read the third one, will they? No. Well, publishing publishers are extremely picky extremely picky so whatever you want to give to a publisher it has to be already more or less 90 percent or even 95 percent perfect finished yeah yes yeah. finished because don't forget that if you if if a profession if a big five publisher let's say random house um decides to take your book they will still edit it no matter what happens because they will still have the book go through their own editors before wow. they will oh yes so so people will go, oh, but I don't have to edit because you know if it gets if it gets accepted, they'll edit. But that's the thing; you need to give them a product that they salivate. They go, oh, wow, it's so beautifully written; it's amazing. Because that they go through another editing process, it doesn't matter. But they, you need to put, you need to get your foot in, because if you're if you're not in, they won't even consider. So imagine if you turn in a a piece of work that hasn't been edited and it's full of flaws and full of mistakes, they're not even going to read it. Well, they just won't. I mean, they're, they they're not even going to, to, to suggest it. And they would, I wouldn't imagine because they're too busy, they won't even give you a second chance because, no, because they, they'll probably feel offended. Well, let me, let me look at myself, right? I am a very detailed person. I am highly detailed. So which means that if I read a book and there is a grammatical mistake, I'll pick it out straight away. 
And if there's too, too many, I won't read the book because it's annoying. Because I can't, I, I cannot sink into the story when my yeah. mind is going, wait a minute, that's, well, that's, that's, a, that's a spelling mistake here and there's a grammatical mistake here. I don't understand this plot. Where the heck does this person go? And then I wouldn't, I can't immerse myself into the story. You can't buy into it. You can't no. invest. Yeah. yeah. So imagine if, if, if they're, they're publishers like me. <laughs> so they won't even read the book. I, I totally agree. One of the things that I'm really fascinated to talk about to, with you, given that you write fiction, have have you considered that maybe your book could be a movie or a series on Netflix? Gosh. Have you have you have you considered that? Yes. Do you know how I write? I actually write it in Technicolor. You know, when I'm writing a book, I yes. see it. I see it in yes. the screen. I see. It. I even have. Um, okay, this is another thing that I do. I I literally pick out. Um, uh, movie stars at that. And, oh and, yes, you you pick who you want to have in the movie. Yeah, and have as my character, and I actually literally print print out the photograph in my notes, and so that when I'm describing <laughs> the character in my book, I'm looking at the picture, going, okay, he's got brown hairs, or or she's got brown hair, and she's she's got like sunken cheeks, and I'm literally describing this person, so it makes it very real, <laughs> and I I. I used to teach, um, oh, I used to teach, I still teach creative writing. And I always say that when you're writing, make sure you have a note right next to you because the notes, it's so important. You know, the book is going to be, let's say, 300 pages. You need to remember details of it because if nobody will, you need to have, as an author, you need to know your book inside and out. So what I do, as soon as I create a new character, in my notes, I would write down the new character's name, I would even go as far as giving them a birthday. Seriously, I'm this. I'm this. Yes, this is I, genius. I, this is I genius. am very, very, I'm terribly um, detailed, and I would literally describe them like you know, oh, this character is is annoying. She is. Um, she likes details. She hates coffee, and she's a vegan. And I would describe her to the T, so that when yeah. I'm writing the book, I remember who she is. Because sometimes you forget what she, you you said about her, and you go, "What? Oh, what did I say about her?" But you don't. You're not going to go back five hundred or three hundred pages to find out what you wrote about her. So you know, it's so, it's so relevant if you think about something like uh, the Queen's Gambit, which we've just finished watching. Mm. You know, you know, we invested so much in that character. Mm. So it's about chess. It's about her going to Russia. It's about her playing this game that people, mm. some people know about, and some people don't. And you know, we're not talking about the game. We're talking about this girl who grew up in grew up in an orphanage. And what does she eat? And what does she drink? And how does she relax? And how does yeah. she deal with the stress? And so we're we're creating this sort of almost ecosystem for her. This like you are in forty eight forty eight. What will the earth look like? And what will that coffee drinking vegan, who you know loves to bake bread, look <laughs> like? And what is what color is her hair? And what music does she like? Because yeah. what that does is it creates more atmosphere. I'm specifically interested in this for you because Netflix is a thing and they're always looking for scripts. They're always looking oh. for books to make shows about. If Netflix is watching this right now, take my book. Oh, well, it's a great <laughs> idea. It's such a great idea. Because, like, you know, when I, wrote, when I wrote Late Dawn, I mean, literally, I see it in Technicolor. I, and, and even the, the people who are editing were telling me, it's like, Michelle, this sounds like a movie. I said, yes, I wrote it as a movie. Well, that's what, that's what it is. It is. It does sound like a movie. And that's even more importantly why the editing has to be spot on, doesn't it? 
Yes. Because as you, you know said, what? it's not spelling mistakes in grammar. It's also it's also the the flow. It's plot. Yeah. It's plot. Yeah. It's plot. It's character. It's characters. They have to fall in love, or 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 even if they hate the character, it's fantastic because that means that you've written something right for them to hate the character so much. Because you yeah. know what, villains are as 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 interesting as heroes. Yeah. And if you realize more and more, Netflix are all about the incredible villain. You know, you hate this villain so much, it it kind of you want to vomit. And you have a reaction fantastic. to them, don't you? Yes, you have that's a reaction. fantastic. That's fantastic. That means that they've done something right. So editing is all about making sure that whatever you're writing sticks together. So this is why I always say you need to. Hi, Joey. <laughs> uh, you need to. Um, you need to have a, a, a note while you're writing so that yeah. you note everything down. In my second novel, um, which is not published yet, please, if there's a publisher out there, take the book. Um, I have so many names because it's a Chinese uh, world, right? So which means okay. that um, the the which means that the stories are a little the, the names are a little bit more complicated for probably for. Sorry, if you're hearing a lot of noise, there's a construction site right behind my house, so they're starting now. Uh, and so I need to to write every single name down so that I myself don't get confused of yeah, who I'm talking okay. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, let me pick up on Joey. Uh, Joey is uh, quite an active member of our group. This particular concept is all about the group. So, hi, Joey. Mm -hmm. we, we're talking today about first of all because she's just arrived, I'll just recap. Uh, the first thing is, when do you start the editing process yourself? And uh, Michelle had two ideas for that. One is the idea of a progressive edit, chapter by chapter, so to speak, and also the idea of a, an edit at the end of the book to read the whole thing. And then the bigger question is, when do you then hand that over to a professional editor to really pull it apart? To, to have, and, and as you said, and this is really the key phrase probably of the whole show, you've got to have the courage, the heart to say, you know what, you, your opinion is valid and I will listen to it. I don't have to agree with it and I don't have to do everything that you say, but I'm open to your ideas. Mm. And I, I want Joey to pick up on this idea because I know she's a writer and she's she's got some processes going. But, you know, that idea of having the, mm, the wisdom, the what's the word, the humility, that's mm. a good word, to say, you know what, I, I trust your opinion. I, I, I wouldn't have picked that up and uh, I'm not sure I agree with you, but I. how do you do it? How do you accept that gracious? Oh, oh sorry about that. Even I can hear the... the, the yeah, that's okay. That. No worries. We can, yeah, okay. It's all part okay. of the, the live experience. <laughs> right, because there's a huge construction behind my house. Um, so... It's um, the first time it can be devastating because the first time I remembered when I was writing Late Dawn and I have this, um, the opinions, um, oh dear Lord, they are really going at it. Um, tell me if, I'm, if you can't hear me. Uh, the first time when I had an editor tell me things and, you know, it, it felt so personal. It felt like, oh, you're, you're criticizing my baby. You're telling my, yeah. you're saying that my baby is ugly. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what happens is that um, I was told by another person, because look, Michelle, you ultimately can uh, accept or deny whichever, whatever comments yeah. that come your way. But don't forget, an editor is there to make sure the book is as the, this, the best it can be. That's what you pay them for. So you need to be open to all the comments. It doesn't mean that you have to accept it, but listen to them. And it's, it's very valuable. Yeah. 
And so that's what I did in the end. You know, I just literally put aside yeah. my pride, put aside everything, and humbly uh, accept everything that they say. It's a strong. It's a strong test of character in a way, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But at the There's same time... a comment time, here from Joey. Let's pick up on that. Chapter by chapter made me get bogged down in the process, but this is a good idea. I wish I'd known about using a professional editor. It is okay. You are fine. I hear... I cannot hear the construction. <laughs> okay, so let me let, let me pick up on this idea that you know the reason why this group exists, and I'm so glad you've made that comment, Joey. The reason this group exists and the reason I'm so proud to be part of it is that we know for sure that there are plenty of people that have gone through the, through this process on their own without this this resource at their disposal, without a guy in Melbourne, Australia, interviewing a person in Singapore and being watched by someone in Connecticut and and um, uh, Trinidad, and the collective wisdom that we're sharing here with Joey and Linda and Kathyan is that we're all learning from each other, yeah. and. Well, I know this because I'm a creator too. The creative journey can be very, very lonely because you think, I've got an idea and I'm just going to run with it. Mm. And I'm really proud of what Joey said there, that chapter by chapter can be a little bit daunting. Yes. But yeah. the idea of a professional editor really is, it, it's, it, it separates the wheat from the chaff, doesn't it? It really yeah. does. Ship, separate, you know, it really is the essence of what a yep. book can become, isn't it? Yep, it is. And 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 Joey also, yes, I I do get bogged down as well for pro, from you know from progressive editing, but don't get bogged down in the sense where you just get stuck with it. So what I do, like for instance, if I write one chapter, right? I would write it to the end and then I would read it maybe once over and and pick up things that I want to change and once I'm done with that, I move on. So don't get bogged uh, down in that edit. sense. Okay, yeah, one, one edit. edit. Don't don't keep editing and editing the same uh, chapter. So just read it. You're happy with it or you're not happy with it. You're not too sure about it. Move on, next chapter. And because what happened is that, let's say if you've written about 10 chapters and now you, you want to read from chapter 1 to chapter 10 again, things will you might actually re-edit the whole thing again. Well, not re-edit, but you might make certain little bits of changes there. Yeah. But that's okay. Because what's important is that you need to keep going. So don't get don't don't get stuck in one chapter. Um, right now, I'm I'm writing another book, and I'm getting stuck. I'm literally having a writer's yeah. block. Um, but I think it's only because uh, my mind is on so many things. I'm 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 wishing that my second book gets published. Uh, I'm 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 hoping that um, uh, that. You know that that this pandemic will end. There's just so many things happening at the same time. So I'm getting writer's block because my mind is not focused. Um, mm. But having said that, I still try to not get bogged down by by the chapter edits, by the progressive edits. So I once I do this, mm. I literally take it away and I write chapter by chapter. I don't do it in a manuscript. Some people do that. They write and then they go. I don't. I literally write chapter. I close it. I next the next chapter. I close yeah. it, and next the next chapter, I close it, and I go. Let, let me I pick up on this, and, and thanks, Joey, for that comment. Editing mm. one, give yourself one edit per chapter, and then move on. That's a great yeah. little hack. Yeah. Because we all have, and I have this problem too. We all have this problem of over editing, over being so over critical. Yeah. But one edit and move on. Yeah. But look, I really want to pick up on the idea of: Do you do uh, edits progressively? Oh, and do you write your chat? Do you write the story in little sequence, 
or do you I, do you sometimes work creatively and say, look, I might write the ending today because I know that's how Woody Allen works. He works mm. based on his flow. Mm. Can we talk about flow? Do you write progressively? I write progressively, um, but I do have an ending in mind. So for every book that I have, I kind of know how I want it to end. And what I do is the same thing. I have a notes book. So not like like Woody Allen who writes the ending. I, um, I oh, that's good, Joey. I, so anyway, so um, what I do is that in the notes, I write the ending. I don't write it in the in a chapter. I write the ending in the notes so that I can see where I'm going to. It's almost ah, like a book. very good. You've got it's the like end a, in mind. Yeah, it's like a roadmap. I know where I'm going. I just need to fill the space between where I'm where I am and where I'm going. And what happens is that um, some people, you know, they'll tell you, oh, you know, you you plot, you you kind of have a have a plot of of each chapter. I don't do that because what happens is that I find it's easier for me to write organically. I just write. I, yeah. I, 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 it's like streaming, you know, streaming my yeah, thoughts on yeah. paper. No, I just I, write. I just write. I actually want to pick up on this. I was going to ask, do you think, I don't know this answer, but do you think that um, writing with an end in mind is a common theme or do you just write it out and see where it takes you? I write with an end in mind, but my ending might change. Uh, ah. for, late, for late dawn, I had an ending in mind. It was so clear. And then when I got to it, the ending was completely completely different to what wow. I thought. Okay. It's literally okay. not even what I wrote. And it was fantastic. I'm like, oh, this is a much better ending. But I had to get to the ending to actually write the ending, yeah, which okay. is really yep. bizarre. Yep. But the, the good thing is that the process of going to the ending, I already had that roadmap. Let's let's pick up on this. Katiana has got the same problem. I want to write a book, but I'm editing it to death. I get so frustrated. Oh, so it's... So, it's um, it's it's a common theme. It's a common theme here that well, we just over edit. Yes. Well, you know, for for Katya, right? I think Katiana is it Katiana Katya? Katian. 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 Um, for me, is if the book is already completed and you have already edited it to death, give it to a professional editor. It's ah, time. there it is. It's when time. you feel like you, when you feel that like you've edited it to death and to you death, can't do yeah. anything more with it, that's give the it trigger. To. Yeah, that's the trigger. Yeah, yeah. But make sure the manuscript is finished, though. But if you're just editing one chapter to death, then move on. (laughs) Move on. Okay, so Joey's Joey's really interested in this one. She goes, "I do not write with an end in mind. I just wanted to get my thoughts out of my head." So that I think this stream of consciousness idea can be quite a common theme, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. For some people, they just write. Like for me, I write. I do have. um, and even the chapters, I would have an idea of how I want my chapter to go. And then in the end, when I'm writing, another idea would pop in and suddenly the chapter is different. And that happens. And that happens when you're, when you're literally in the zone and writing because ideas will pop in and the plot will change. So there was a lot of, um, in my book, I think there was one, one plot change that came, um, that came because I was writing, 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 and suddenly it just made sense. I'm like, oh, that is much better than what I thought. And so I didn't even write what I what I I planned in the beginning. Let's pick up on this question, the question of cost. Yeah. Joey uh, is on a exactly. budget, and she says, "You know what? I don't know if I can afford a professional editor, but my gut feeling is the book would have been better to, if I had had one." What's your advice around the idea of the cost of an editor versus the quality that you get as a result? Sadly, it is expensive to get an editor, and 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 I know this. For a fact, because I literally budget for an editor. 
Oh, you and budget for an editor. I do. I do. Um, I see it as um, as part of my marketing cost. I know. I don't know. It's. I don't know where to put it, but I see it as a way of making my book better. So it's a marketing thing, right? Um, but I do budget for it, and and there is no other way to do this. It, it's it is expensive. Um, there are some editors that are cheaper. So maybe if if you go on the one that I use is ritzy.com. R I. Um, where do I do? Um, one, uh, one, I'll just okay. um, yeah. up on Joey's comments there. I know that the, the reason why we've started this particular group, mm. just lost my head. The reason why we've started this particular group is that Joyce and Sherilyn are both editors. And unfortunately, Joyce and Sherilyn are uh, in Thanksgiving sort of mode and travelling to family events and can't come today. But we might do a special show and a special section for them because yeah. uh, uh, Joyce specialises in editing, like that's her skill. Mm-hmm. And I'm really proud and really excited to hear you say that you factor in budget, uh, editing into the budget. Because oh. there's only so many things you can do on your own, yeah. And and budget uh, editing is a, is like anything, like bread, like cars, like eating out, like ha- traveling. There's various costs for various destinations for various product services, and it, it can be an expensive process. But I'm guessing you get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah, you do. Because remember what I said: if you want to present your work to a publisher. They want to be able to read your book and go, whoa, that's amazing. But if you present to them a work that is that that is flawed, they're not going to read the work, even though you might be having the best idea ever. So how do you find a good editor? I think that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I go on Ritzy. I think I, I typed in yep. Ritzy.com. Yep. Ritzy.com is a place that I look for my editors. Uh, and you have a huge gamut of choice. You know, you've got... The, and you and you don't even have to accept them. You just send in your work and find out who wants who wants to edit your work and look at the pricing because they'll tell you how much it costs. They'll tell you, oh, uh, I'll charge you this one, and then you can accept or you don't. You don't have to accept. So you can in that already is a first step. You can look at how much each person is um, is um, and that's is willing. What you were doing there, readzy.com? Yeah, that's what I do. I go to this uh, website and I look for editors. Now, how I find a good editor is I look for the editor who is familiar with my genre. So if you are writing nonfiction, don't look for an editor who is a fiction writer. Oh, wow. Yeah, because otherwise they won't get, I mean, for them, they'll, they'll kind of edit, but they don't, they're not passionate about your work. So you need to get, I'm a science fiction. So I normally make sure that the editor I'm choosing uh, also edit science fiction or fantasy or speculative fiction because those are the ones who who read that those kinds of books and they edit before. And you can see a list of all the books that they've edited and you might connect with one. You go, oh, I like that book. So if they have edited that book, then I would want them to edit my book as well. So can, we chat about, can we chat about what's the reasonable amount of money for cost uh, for, for editing? It's, 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 a, it's a point of view that's really touched a few nerves here. We, we first of all know that we need to edit, but we're worried about the cost. What do you think is a reasonable budget of oh. editing a book? Is it, do you base it on how big the book is? Do you, yeah. do you allow yeah, some, per month? Yeah, no, some editors, they charge per word, believe it or not. Ah, the charge per yeah. word. Okay. And some editors charge per, per block of words, like 10,000 words, and this is how much I charge. Um, so there are no fixed rules on, on charges. At each okay. editor, 
um, charges. I had an editor once who charged three cents US per word. Ah, three cents a word. Yeah, but if you think about the number of words that I write, my, my novels are normally about 95,000 to 100,000 words. 100,000 words, three cents. What is, what is that? That's, uh, that's like that, three over, grand? Uh, no, about two grand. Three, cent, three cents per thousand, that's three grand, isn't it? Oh, three grand, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be yeah. three grand, yeah. So $3,000 yeah. for a thousand words, 100,000 yeah. words. Three well, so. But you don't have to accept those kinds of editors. See, there are also yeah. other editors that are cheaper. So it really depends on, on, on you at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yes. Um, having said that, that is not the only kind of editors. I mean, there are other editors who would charge less. So you yeah. just have to look and you have to connect with them as well. Um, in all honesty, I'm, I'm planning to be an editor myself. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so because what we've chatted about today, especially in regards to the professional editing, is that yeah. it is such an important part that it's, it's, not, an, it's not an option, is it? It's not optional. If you're going to get a book out, you've got to edit it, yeah? Yes, you do. You do. Believe me. Because, because imagine, right? You're a tiny little dot in a huge ocean. You want to stand out. And how do you stand out? Your book has got to be word perfect. I mean, it's got yeah. to be wow. Not just the story, but also the way you write. Um, what's the name? Um, the Road by McCormick. Seriously, it's a 70,000, I think it's about 70,000 words. It's, it's, it's actually very, it's not a very thick book. And if you read it, it's, it's um, <laughs> I don't know yet that one. Um, if you read the book, it's quite, the writing is, it's, it's not difficult. It's not literary, but it's a very interesting style. So I have a feeling that that also went through certain, editing to, to get it to that tone of voice. Ah, tone. Yeah, even tone yeah. is an editing style, isn't mm -hmm. it? Tone. Yep, yep. Because and, as, you know, you as Joey said here, she said her book is all over the place. Let me just talk. Uh, my book is all over the map because I did not get it professionally edited. And yeah. that's because the stream of consciousness, you're getting it out, that's a that's a style, that's, that's part one. Yeah. You're getting the book out and it's on paper and you, you, you've done it. But then yeah. you need to go back and look at it more holistically, yeah. as you said, for tone, for flow, for plot. For plot, so important for plot. <laughs> because otherwise, if your plot has got holes, whoever who reads it, they will know and they'll go, that doesn't make sense. You know, this book doesn't make sense at all. And you'll, you've lost a person. You know, um, never read there's, it again. there's a... There's a there's a particular thing that happens in our life, what, what I call a pole dark moment. This is a particular style of thing that happens to us. My wife will get to about, I don't know, seven episodes into a series possibly right. and she'll stand up and she'll say, uh -huh. that's not realistic. I'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> she, we call it a pole dark moment because what happened in pole dark, the show, was about seven episodes in, one of the characters which she'd really invested in uh -huh. Did something that she thought was out of context for that character <laughs> plot, right? Okay. And so she she couldn't get past that, and uh, and she stood up. She actually stood up and left the room, and she goes, "I'm not watching the show anymore. The writing <laughs> is terrible." And she she couldn't get past it. And I'm guessing with the book, it's even worse. You <laughs> write if you read a book and you go, "Hang on, you just said this now," and but, but you're you're talking about this and now you're talking about that. 
it, it's a mismatch, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. And then you go, no, I'm not really reading it. It's true. It's absolutely true. This is the reason why it's not just about creating a wonderful story. That's the easy part. The easy part is getting your story. The difficult part is making sure it sticks. Ah, that it makes sense. Compelling. compelling. It sticks. It makes sense. And people go, it's a oh, gosh. Yeah. And also people can, can, can connect with it. Go, I, that's exactly what I would have done. You know, or, or yeah, I understand that. That's happened to me before. And so they go, I like that. Oh, it's nonfiction. Okay. Um, no, it doesn't make any difference. You still, um, nonfiction, it's still, it's still kind of, well, nonfiction is a story in, its, in itself, but it still has to, the, the things still need to, to flow. Because yeah. if, if, the, if whatever you're telling people doesn't flow well, um, they're not going to read it because non-fiction well, I, books. Joyce, are, Joyce, and I really, it's such a shame that Joyce is traveling at this time. She's traveling for Thanksgiving, which is a big you know, US holiday at the moment. Mm -hmm. But uh, she, she often says to me that non-fiction writers can learn a lot from fiction writers because fiction writers have to have a set of skills that engage, as you say, you've got to keep the flow mm. going, you've got to keep the, the plot going, you've got to keep the tone going, and you've yeah. got to keep the page turning. And yeah. I'd imagine those techniques are very relevant to nonfiction as well, aren't they? They are. For every book, if you don't, if the person does not want to turn the page, then you've lost the person. <laughs> you've lost your audience. Yeah, and how, do you, how would you do that? Let me pick up on that comment again. How would you do that in a nonfiction context? Um. I think for the nonfiction context, um, you need, uh, in my opinion, I've never written a nonfiction. Let's be very, uh, I, I would, I am thinking about it. So this is a good uh, thing for this to say. I would have to plot it out even more because while a, a fiction book can be more streamlined, you know, stream flowing in your writing, nonfiction, yeah. I think, needs more plotting because you really, you really would need to know what you're going to write about in order like yeah. chapter one this is about this so i need to write about this to make sure it's it's um it's it's it sticks and is correct chapter two is about this but from chapter one to chapter two there must be some kind of a connection otherwise people are going to go that that's an, there's no connection whatsoever what am yeah, i it's reading not chronological this? is it it's got a joy yeah yeah so you do need to plot it out more i have a friend actually who wrote a non-fiction um about getting rich which is fantastic, <laughs> and how to get rich before the age of 40. Um, um, I actually endorsed the book uh, I'm, because I'm one of these people who I didn't say that I got rich before 40, but I, let's say I retired before 40. So, um, But he, he took a long time to plot out his book. He made sure yeah. that it, it, had, it made sense. He wrote a little bit of his story. Why did he write this book? How did he get the idea of this? Where was his expertise in writing the book? And I think in nonfiction, that's even more important because people need to understand that if you're writing something to, to about, you know, you're, if you're advising someone to do something, you need to be the expert. Mm. Otherwise, you can't. You can't do Let's it. Let's pick up on Linda's comment. She's talking about it has to flow from uh, chapter to chapter. From memory, Linda, I think you're writing a fiction book. Please confirm that. I think... I think this is uh, the, the book I'm referring to. Please let me know what your book's about. But the concept of flowing from chapter to chapter applies both to fiction and maybe especially to nonfiction, doesn't it? Yeah. And how, does, I, how did your friend do it with the uh, with the nonfiction book about getting rich? He, he actually charted it all out before he wrote it. 
Yeah, he did because he's got steps. And that's the thing with steps. It means what does it mean? It means one, two, three, four, five. It doesn't mean one, five, six, four. <laughs> you know, it needs to be really, really progressive. So he did chart it. Um, yeah, I was um, corrected. Lin this is a very good. This is a very good um, cross referencing. Linda is writing fiction. You've mm -hmm. done it, uh, Michelle. So uh, Linda says, "What about changing characters?" I'm doing fiction. What? Let's I pick am up doing on that. that right now. So my the book that I'm writing right now, I've got two different timelines that's even more interesting oh, wow. Wow. yeah so i'm writing from two different timelines and time two travel. different characters it's time a time travel. travel it's a time travel book yeah. so it's two different timelines two different characters and so what i've done is that the first chapter is about about this timeline and literally the second chapter i jump to the second timeline but i make sure that i don't jump back and forth all the time so sometimes i'll be in this chapter in this timeline for maybe about two or three chapters and I go back to this timeline again. But what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get the timelines to meet at some point because it oh, is wow. a time travel book. So it needs to come together. It's almost like Jer Jer Jeremy Button, you know, growing old together. Oh, somewhere yeah. in the middle. Oh, so, so Benjamin with, Button. Benjamin Button, that's right. Yeah. So with, with fiction, the great thing is that you can be highly creative. You can be extremely creative. You can you can write you can create a new style, um, yeah. as long as the book makes sense. As long as yeah. people don't get lost and go, wait a minute, you know this is too much jumping. I I'm, I'm I have a headache now. So you must. This is the reason why editing is so important. When you finish, when I finish this book, I will have to read it again to make sure if I, as a reader, gets annoyed by it. <laughs> well, let me, let me pick up on two movies that uh, obviously could be books. The the movie um, Midnight in Paris may be one of my favourite movies of all time. Oh, really? Okay. Because, you know, the Owen Wilson character lives in 2020 and he, his wife and they go to Paris, but he then finds himself in 19th century Paris and he's digging it. Oh. But that's a mind spin. Because then he's got to go back to 20th century, 21st century Paris and hang out with his wife again at the pool. So you've got, as you said, two timelines. And then they make it even more complex because those characters that he meets in the 19th century then go to the 18th century. Mm. And, yeah, and that is like three levels in. So I that particular movie, have you seen that movie, Midnight in Paris? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I, I will it's have a, to see it now. <laughs> it's, a mid, it's, a, it's a Woody Allen movie. Okay. It's, got, it's very Woody Allen, but the point is that the Owen Wilson character, who's a writer in LA, goes to Paris for a convention, and he lives with a you know quite a materialistic uh, sort of uh, non-creative person who likes things, and he's a he writes for Hollywood and he's very unhappy, mm. but he happens to hang out with he, he just r runs into people in the 19th century, Picasso and Hemingway. And he, he digs it 20th century, early 20th century. Mm. And then he goes back another 100 years. And talking about this flow of time travel, you, imagine how hard that would be to edit. Each particular time has to make sense to you to yeah. get in. The exact opposite of that. And I still well, this is the reason why it's very important when, um, as Linda says, you know, when you have different characters, make sure you don't jump at each, at each chapter because it makes it makes your mind too confused. Stick with one, 
stick with one character for a little bit, maybe two, two, three chapters yeah. before you jump to the next character, because otherwise people are going to go, this is too much jumping. I, I can't. Um, in on Netflix, for instance, The Witcher. The Witcher yeah. is um, because I love fantasy, so I watched The Witcher, the series. But the first one was so annoying for me because it kept jumping between yeah. him and the past, and they don't tell you. So I would be watching, going, "Which one? Where is are this you one? now? Is it, where yeah, are where am I now? now? Am I in the past? Am I in the future?" But they kept jumping far too fast, and that. Did you get that sense with a movie called a show called Timeless? Oh yes. Oh, but timeless, you, you see them, though. They go into a time machine, and then they literally are in the past. So, so that's not so bad. But Because but, um, they set it up. Today we're going to meet Abraham yeah, exactly. Lincoln. Abraham yeah. Lincoln, 1854. Get dressed yeah. up. We're going to yep. the machine. Yep. There's a bit then, of a setup, isn't there? Yes, exactly. But the whole story happens in the past, so it, it doesn't jump. Whereas in The Witcher, it kept going back and forth, back and forth. I, I was so annoyed. I thought, no, oh, too much. Uh, what I want to pick up on is... Um, in regards to jumping and flow and tone, I've watched Inception three times, you know, <laughs> okay. and it just blows my head apart every time. I mean, I want to, I want to get it, but the, the, that's that's an example of too much jumping, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Inception, yeah. you send Inception. Yeah, I now, have, it's I a have. great movie. It's well done, but it's, the it's level confusing. of depth, it's confusing. Very and that's confusing. what, and that's a professional movie, well, you know, worth hundred million dollars. So um, we have to, we have to, when we're editing, we have to take out all that confusion for the reader because they're not going to stay with us. Now, I'm not Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, I don't have that, I don't have that attraction that mm. you're going to watch the movie anyway because he's in it. Yeah. You know, you, you you're starting from, a, especially as a new writer, you're starting from a standing start. So you, you're picking up on some really, really, really cool ideas. Thank you, Joey. I love that show too. <laughs> One of my favourite shows, Timeless. The basic concept was that someone makes a time machine and they go back, but yeah. but there's a second time machine to 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 go back and chase the first one because yeah. someone stole it, well, and um, and that picks up on your time travel book, yeah. Yeah. Well, even in Late Dawn, in 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 my in this in this novel here, I have some time changes, but what I do to to not confuse the person, I actually literally put the year and the date before the chapter. Oh, so so really? people, yeah. So people yes. know. Oh, okay. So we're talking about this now, and then the story, you know, unfolds like two or three chapters, and then later on, I go back to the present. Um, oh, I didn't, Let me just I didn't pick up that. on that comment. Yeah. This is this is one problem I had as well. I read a book just before self-publishing it, but I also didn't like my voice. It made sense to me, but I wondered whether it made sense to other readers. So, again, it picks up on this idea of you need a second set of eyeballs, you a second do. set of, of, of parameters. Yeah. I've really enjoyed this tra chat, and I, I really am a little disappointed that Joyce couldn't make it. We'll, we'll have mm. to pick up on this again because Joyce does the editing part, just to be very clear on what we do in our group. Mm -hmm. I do the marketing piece. I'm the guy that's trying all these sites saying, have you considered having a podcast or have you considered having a live stream? Because you hadn't heard of this site before and now you might you might start using it. Yeah. And that's my that job is. in the, in the yeah. group. My job is to find all this really great tech because – I, I'd imagine you would know this specifically. Once you've written a book, then it's there. Then what? Yeah. How are you going to promote it? How are you going to get more people to buy it? You know, yeah. It's pretty hard, isn't it? Yeah, and that's not my forte. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I wish I have a magical wand and have and create a marketing person for myself. Yeah. Well, look, while, while I'm just running through the um, 
while I'm running through the graphics, can you type your website into the yes. chat and I'll put yes. that into the uh, okay. into the group for people. It looks like we've got a very, very, very good ah, big hello to Bruno, my mate Bruno. Melholland Drive still confuses me. My, so here's another <laughs> another timeline. This is um this is a, a mate of mine it's living in Vancouver, yeah. Canada. Yeah. Yep. So he, well, um, he there are films like that that are, that are told backwards, and and I think there's just Hollywood trying to be very creative. Yeah. So uh, so a big hello to Linda. A big hello Thank to you, Bruno. A big hello to Joey. Big hello to Katia, my friend in Trinidad. Big hello to Linda calling in from Connecticut who wishes she was in Singapore. And yeah. a big hello to everyone now listening on Facebook and YouTube. This is this is really the new world that we're living in. This is not dystopian. I, I'm quite digging this. <laughs> this is almost <laughs> utopian. I live in Melbourne, Australia. I can walk to the beach in 10 minutes. But here I am talking to a person in Singapore. I wish I was in Melbourne now. <laughs> We've had three days in a row, absolute zero. Tomorrow we crack oh. 20 days at zero cases. Wow. Okay, now I really wish I'm in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. We did the hard yards. We wore a mask for 100 days and we did all the hard things. Oh, we still wear a mask here. Yeah, we just, just, just this week we've been allowed not to wear our masks. So we did the hard work. But what, what this group is for me, and let me decode on that, my, this group is is um, you know, write my book, but what we do here is it's called Wisdom Wednesdays. I'm, I'm, I said to, uh, to Michelle, this is a little bit like running a uh, racing car. Mm. So Wisdom Wednesdays is Wednesday nights at seven p.m. Eastern, eight p.m. eight a.m. in Singapore, eleven a.m. in uh, Melbourne. Mm -hmm. It's uh, four p.m. in uh, Vancouver. Oh, wow. I'm not exactly sure what time that is in Trinidad. I think that's a very similar timing to Eastern. But let me pick up on this uh, idea of what you're doing with the book. You've got a physical book. It's called Late yep. Dawn. It's yep. a dystopian uh, sort of fiction fantasy book set in 4848. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. That's yep. correct. And it's it's a it's a book about what could happen if we don't uh, play the game and do the right thing mm -hmm. uh, and look after each other. Yeah. So uh, and it's available as a book and also on Kindle, and yep. that's uh, that's a pretty cool thing. I'm just going to put type in the comment section there what your website is yes. while we're we're chatting, so that it gives people a chance to um, to connect with see. me. <laughs> you can ask me questions. There is the website <laughs> Michelle Tan Tanmezi .com. Yep. And you've written two books, and you've got a third one on the way. Yes, hopefully, if there are any editors out there, I'm actually, there's a, an editor in, in Australia actually interested, but, you know, it takes a while for the, not editor, sorry, a, a publisher, but it just takes a while for the publisher to confirm, so I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're all, we're all well, I'm hoping that Melbourne will lead by example to say we've done the hard work. I know it's hard. A hundred days with, with a mask on and not being able to leave the house. It sounds almost like a prison sentence but the point is that we came out the other side and we now have zero cases 28 days in a row it's worth um, it and singapore we are still wearing masks it's been a year yeah. a year a year a wow. year we yeah. have to wear a mask everywhere we go we have to trace we have to put an app in and we you know so the government can trace us yeah. and um yeah singapore is relatively safe now i hope
Yeah, well, and, and the thing that I find interesting is that just the global community here, and a big shout-out to Bruno about this because we talk about this a lot. I live in Melbourne. I love the beach. I, I can walk there in 10 minutes. I'll probably go there tonight. But, you know, in my daytime, I can chat to anyone in the world at any time. And during the lockdown process, this is incredibly important. I've got mates of mine that can't leave the house or don't want to because they're too, too scared. But we can still chat. Mm. And StreamYard is that process for me. Wisdom Wednesdays yeah. and also another program I'm doing called Mar Marketing Mondays. So we've chatted for well over the hour. We've, we've had a <laughs> yes. lot of comments. A big thank you to everyone. I'm just going to put that website up again for you, yep. uh, michelletanmeezy.com. So thank you very much, Michelle, for calling in. I'm really thankful. Uh, and thank you for lots inviting and lots me. And lots of great comments. So let's wrap it up there. You go and enjoy your day and go and have Thank a chat you. to those construction people and tell them to oh. calm it down. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's good to have them here. It's going to be like some, this for two um, years. I know. Go, go and have some breakfast there. I'll go and have some lunch. So a big okay. thank you to everyone. Thank and we're going to end with a really lovely snip. And happy Thanksgiving to America. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Bye. for joining us on this episode of The Right Hour. Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You are one step closer to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. The link is in the show notes. The four steps help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. We share tips on the writing process, and you can download the writing planner to track your progress. Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book. It's time to write your book.